Hi, I'm Jen. And I'm Jane. Welcome to Marginalia Pod. Where we treat reading as a sacred practice and find meaning and connections through our favourite books. I would like to begin by acknowledging the Gurungai and Daru people, traditional custodians of the land where I am recording today, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. I'd also like to acknowledge Mana Whenua of Te Awa Kairangikitai, where I'm recording today. Hi! Hello! What a day! What a weekend! What a week it's been! It has been a very <gasps> busy week and busy weekend. Yes, how was your team event yesterday? Was it fun? Did you get to do any cool hangouts? It was hangouts? really fun. Yay. So we went to one of my colleagues' play softball. Mm. So we went to his game in the nice. afternoon and watched that and had like a little picnic on the sideline. And it was really wholesome. And then we sort of did our own thing for an hour and a half. And then another friend was making their drag debut. So we went to that. Well, Yay. another colleague. And I'm just like, how cool is it that my work team is cool with this you know because there are a lot of workplaces that wouldn't be open to this sort of thing and it was just a really nice vibe and he did an amazing job and great set at one point he had a box that was labeled patriarchy that he stomped on and it was just great perfect and he came up to me afterwards and he's like did you like the patriarchy bit i'm like you know i love that (laughs) it's like i knew you'd like it (laughs) that is perfect that sounds really fun i'm so glad yeah so i got home just after midnight and Luna was very, Luna the cat, was very insistent upon attention when I walked through the door. So I, I just sat mm-hmm. in the dark with her for a bit and ate some chips. And this morning, Emily was like, did you eat chips in the dark? Because obviously there were just crumbs everywhere <laughs> where I'd been sitting. I'm so like, okay, I may have been a little bit drunk, but Luna needed attention. <laughs> Look, I was doing the right thing by your pet, so we're not going to judge. Oh, she wanted attention. Anyway, how's your work been? Your week been, rather? My, yeah, um, it's been a rough one um, for varying reasons, but just kind of an awful week generally. But looking up I think things are going to be better next week and yeah I think it will be nice I was doing some virtual shopping because as I am now employed I wanted to I only ever wear jeans and like daggy Kmart t-shirts and that's fine but like I feel like I should try so I made I made a shirt I'm gonna show it to you actually oh my goodness so I was like I have this fabric so here we go I made a oh it's so pretty yeah yeah, that's my that was my like productive thing that I did the other day. <laughs> I was like, I Good have to work. do something. Um, did, what sparked joy for you this week? What sparked joy for me this week? Um, 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 um it's been really good. The weather's been really lovely. It's been Yay. sort of warm and sunshiny, and had a lovely long walk with my friend Sophie, where we walked for because she only lives about oh, fifteen minutes down the road from me. So we went on a big, long walk down to the river and all around and it took about two hours and it was just lovely in the sunshine and we had lots of chats and yeah, it's just nice when the weather is good that you can do that and you just really feel like you're topping up. Like we are just overgrown plants, Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We just need that sunshine. Yeah, the cat um, has learned to escape out the back door. Like if he gets up on the sink, he can, he will push the latch down and then like drop down onto the floor and slip out of the screen. And he's really smart. So of course this happens, but he goes outside probably twice a week. He tries to get out there just to, I think, recharge. Just like every time we go out there, we find him just like sprawled on a warm patch of concrete. Yeah. Just trying to like solar power himself back up. We're all, like you said, we're all plants, really. We just need to like unfold into the sunlight. Just occasionally. Yeah, just recharge, you know? Plant, like, sun-based recharging. Solar-powered. Absolutely. 
what sparked joy for you this week? Um, so I, I don't do this very often, but I ordered some more donuts from my favorite donut place. Ooh, yum. And it was just like, kind of like celebrating me getting a job, which is cool. Woof, um, woof. But also just, I really wanted donuts and it had been a really rough week. And I was like, I'm just going to order like three dozen donuts. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I ended up ordering, yeah, I ordered 18 so that everybody could have like four plus there were a couple extras. Mm-hmm. Um because that's like so many donuts to have in a day but like over a weekend it doesn't feel that bad yeah yeah like a a donut a day or two donuts a day is fine oh yeah it's fine it's just the fact that if i have them in the house the kids will eat them all like they'll just eat nothing but donuts and it's like i don't care if they have a donut but like variety we've got to have more than just a donut or just donuts um but yeah i ordered donuts and they were really yummy and they were perfect and they were exactly like they just got me through rid of a rough week so yeah donuts are my joy amazing do what you gotta do yeah well they're half my joy but the other half is my homework and i'll talk about that at the time <laughs> okay Ooh. yeah this week we're reading chapters 34 through 40 through the theme of observations I was wondering if you have a story to share with us yeah so i used to play chess at a competitive level when i was younger so i started playing chess when i was seven years old in primary school joined the chess club it was a great time. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, became really close knit with the the boys who played. It was mostly boys. I was the only girl on the team and just did that up until we moved to Australia. So when I was, you know, just before I turned 14 and I played at a national level, um, I represented my province in chess and played for them. And it was just a great time. And I really, really enjoyed it. But one of the things I didn't enjoy was being observed. So the way that competitive chess works, especially if you're in a team environment, is that you get assigned a a board number. So it's usually one to 10. There are 10 people on a team and you play on a board. So I was board nine. I wasn't like amazing at it, but whatever. So (laughs) towards the end of the the team. And what would happen is that you would get an opponent. So you would play another team and you would play their number nine. Right. And so you just play these matches and chess games go for a long time. And these tournaments are usually over to a weekend up to a long weekend, like two to three days. And you start at 6am and you'd finish whenever the last game finished. So it could be 10pm, it could be whenever. And you played a set number of games during the day and there were breaks in between. So a match would be scheduled maybe for two hours and then it'd be a half an hour break and then the next ones would start. So depending on how quickly you finish your game, the longer break you would have. Mm -hmm. So what would happen is people would play games and often what would, if someone else in the team is playing, everyone would crowd around and watch you play your game. Oh no, that sounds terrible. So I don't perform well under pressure. I don't... Well, that's not true. I don't like being observed. I don't like being watched. It's one of my pet hates. I don't like doing it. I particularly don't like being watched by my dad. So my dad would come to my games and then I could feel him watching because always, always people have reckons afterwards and they'll tell you everywhere you made a mistake. And so for me, I I get really in my head about what are other people seeing Mm -mm. that I am not seeing. And so I can't focus on the game. And one time we were playing and I was the last one playing and the entire team and the other team were crowded around my board. So I had about, what what is that, 18 lads just standing around my board. And I had to like beckon um, my mum over who was watching. And I was like, can you just clear the room? Can you get the room cleared? And so they got rid of everyone because I got so in my head that I couldn't handle like the pressure of everyone just standing and like next to me as well it's not like they're observing from like a balcony they're like standing next to the table and it was really intense 
and I feel like this is something that's really that I've carried with me for a very long time like I can't do well when I feel like I'm being observed for the purpose of critique I guess so like I think we've all experienced this when you're typing something or you're trying to do something and someone is standing right next to you suddenly you forget how to type and you just make so many mistakes that you would never normally make and it's so frustrating (laughs) yeah Yeah. Mm mm-hmm And this is why I think I was really nervous about my driving test as well, because what is that if not observation? You've got this person sitting next to you literally critiquing everything you're doing. And I just become so freaked out at the thought of this person. (laughs) I guess judging you, but observing you as well. So yeah, that was my least favorite thing about playing chess is just this, as soon as I became aware of people observing and watching, I found it really, really hard to stay in the moment and focus on the game. So, yeah, observation. Okay, that does sound like hell, though. Like, you did really well in chess, and you played competitively for years, and you had to put up with this all the time. I would have won match, and I would have been like, nope, goodbye, see you later. It was only really in teams and team environments. When you're playing individually, it's not so bad. Like, mm. they don't really let people crowd around tables when you're playing individually, and you can watch from a distance, but that doesn't matter so much. Like if someone is standing on the wall or sitting on the balcony looking down at you, you don't really feel it. But when they're right next to you, like I have this vivid memory of these lads just like leaning on the table, like sprawled on the tables next to me. Oh, it was just horrible, stressed. horrible. And then I got so much, I got so much flack afterwards as well for having asked for them to go away because it was like, mm, yeah. No, you're allowed to ask for what you need. Yeah, it was just an interesting time, and I just yeah. I've been thinking about getting back into it, actually, because there's a Wellington chess club and they have like little tournaments and I emailed them the other day to ask if I could bring my ranking over because I had a South African chess membership ranking that you get rated based on your performance. And I was like, is it worth, it's an international federation, like, is it worth trying to carry that over? And he's like, "Mm, you haven't played in a very long time, so it's probably just better to start from scratch. And I'm like, nah, but it was good. (laughs) Never mind. Yeah where, yeah, where can you skip the queue to get your um, amazing chess status back? That's a good question. Yeah. So, yeah, observed. Observed. Uh, shall I observe our chapter summaries in verbal Yes, form? please. Okay. That'd I'd be great. Uh, Declan and Ronan have a nice brotherly moment on the roof of one of the barns. Back in Caveswater, Neve is trying to mitigate the harm of Piper Green Mantle and the demon. Piper is pretty uncaring about all the unmaking she's doing. She just wants a bath and to call her dad to check in on the details of the sale. Neve tries to get away and is unmade. The gangsy stay at the barns and piece together their varying experiences for Gansey to record in his journal. Adam tells Gansey about his and Ronan's kiss. Gansey admits that he loves blue. Henry Chang is kidnapped by Mr. Gray, but Gansey intervenes and they all meet up at a grocery store where, unfortunately, the Lamoniers, Henry's original kidnappers, are shopping. The four of them get away with a little luck and blue's ingenuity. And in Caveswater, the demon unmakes more of the sacred trees, including Gwen Clan's mother. Aww. I know. Um, let's talk about the gray man. I just love him. The man is so good at observing, right? Like, yes. he is just so calm. And I love that interaction that he has with Henry, because he's like, sorry about your shoulder. It was, like, force habit. of habit. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't mean to. Oh my goodness, yes. And then he's having these conversations and he's focusing on the task at hand, but at the same time, he's constantly scanning. You know, he's like, yeah. OBS on. I know what's going on around me because he clocks instantly. That the Lemoniers are in the grocery store, right? Yeah. And yeah. that he's able to, um, that it's Henry that they want. And so he's able to get Henry out of there, which is beautiful. 
It does crack me up that he was legit reading the steel cut oath box, though. <laughs> because he's an old man, okay? He's in his <laughs> 40s. He needs to know the fiber content of steel cut oats. This is important. I just think it's so funny that Henry would have been in the car and he's so stressed. Like, we get that mm. chapter from his point of view and mm-hmm. he's he's freaking out, right? He's been kidnapped before. We know from of his trauma and it's just so horrible. And yeah. he, <laughs> who's on the other like, end of the phone, but... He will, what is going on? But that was because he said to Rob. What did he say to Robobi? Find someone who can yeah. help make it stop. And Robobi was like, "Okay, I'll tell Gamzee to call the Gray Man." Like Robobi knew what to do. Robobi is also like, I know everyone involved in this. Yeah, Robobi is magic <laughs> and amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. That I I keep forgetting that Robobi actually orchestrates that call, and I'm always like, "Oh, what a nice coincidence!" And then I went back and read it again, and I'm like, "Oh wait, this isn't a coincidence." I feel like everything's a coincidence, but it's not. Everything no such in this thing. Book is so plotted out. But yeah, four for you, Robobi. The real MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mr. Gray is also. I like I'm mad at him for kidnapping a kid who's already been kidnapped. Like, come on. That's not nice. Yeah, but I feel like he was like, I'm just taking you for a ride. We're just having a conversation. I'm just taking you for a spin around the block. I'm not kidnapping you. Yeah. Like it's fine. But when it feels like on? you're being kidnapped yeah like he's in his underpants and sneakers i just there's a reason why i have my uniform at home is a tank top and leggings and then i can put like an apron or a dress on over it if like someone needs if, if i need to answer the door like you just always have to have pants on just in case what if there's a fire and you have no pants on <laughs> just saying what if there's an earthquake and you sleep naked yeah also, I feel like if you're in Wellington, you probably aren't sleeping naked because it is so cold. I don't know. Loads of people I know, loads of my mates sleep naked and they're always shocked that I sleep in pajamas. But I'm like, I am so cold all of the time. Like one of my mates is like, I've never seen your legs. Like you never wear shorts. I'm like, it's so cold. Why do you want me to wear legs? She's like, I seen you wear dresses, but you always wear leggings. And I'm like, again, it's cold. it is so cold. I always have at least like my leggings to my knees usually because i like having i like having my legs on the top covered i like if my dress goes up in a gust of wind nothing's nobody's gonna see anything interesting they're just gonna see my running Mm. shorts i just want to be warm at all times i do half the year the other half of year i want to tear my skin off because it's too hot but that's sydney just want to be warm like today we went out to Kmart and my housemate was in a t-shirt and shorts and I was in my long leggings that go down to my ankles and a hoodie and she was like we are very different people and it was so warm and it was so nice I just like baking mm. anyway that's the way you should the be point. just cook cook in your clothes I really enjoy Declan and Ronan getting mm. to have a moment where they actually were getting along and that Ronan could see a glimpse of Declan's want as well in that moment you know observe if you will yeah I will talk about that in my in-depth but I love that we start out the section with Ronan and Declan having this real moment of like the two of them having observed enough about each other as they are now to actually come together and come to some understanding I love Declan very much and I love that when we when we move on to the Dreamer trilogy, when we get there, we'll get to talk about how much we love him. But eldest sibling vibes are so strong with that one. He is very responsible for everything and everyone, and so I really feel it. Yeah, and I love that Ronan is starting to go. Oh, hey, actually, this is kind of hard for him. It's nice. Yeah, it really is. On the other side of that, I thought it was interesting that we had Neve, who was finally recognizing that her like single minded. Uh, 
use of power in the universe to serve her ambition is probably mm. what led her to a demon. Like, she's kind of putting it together, unfortunately, post facto, um, that this was probably her fault that she ran into a demon, but she does still try to make it right. Like, she observes in the nick of time to say, hey, I, I've got to solve this. I've got to fix this. Am I here to save this forest? Um so I like that she actually kind of clues in at the last minute. It is very much a come to Jesus moment. Yeah, it really is. But I feel also like this is the fundamentals of magic. Like I feel like everyone knows you don't use it for personal gain. Mm-hmm. Don't use it for personal gain or bad things happen. This is what Charmed taught me. Okay. <laughs> and she's like, she knew she had used the universe's power for only for personal gain. Yeah. Mm, it's not good, Neve. It's not good. No, I mean, like she does get her comeuppance. I find it so interesting as well that, you know, Piper turns up at the end there and says, unmake her. Like, so dismissive. And we know that Piper has no qualms. Like, she killed Jesse Ditley with no hesitation. Yeah, she's a sociopath. Yeah, but I wonder how much of that is also amplified by the demon in her head. Like, that she's saying, unmake her. You know, she just kind of rolls with it. Yeah. I think it's also so funny. And she's just like, uh, go forth and make it happen or whatever. Let you know, it be she's thus like, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it was thus or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that Piper Green Mantle is extremely flip about the whole thing. Like, it, it's that beautiful contrast of, like, she's not even, like, a really serious villain, but she's also the worst villain because she literally does not care. Like, if she was a villain mm. who cared, like, Welk, Welk cared. Um, he, he really did care. And, like, Kavinsky even cared. But Piper just doesn't care. She just wants to, like, be big in this one arena and it's so stupid it's such like it's yeah dumb. it's fascinating but that's also what makes her hard to beat right like mm-hmm. you can't really beat someone who doesn't care exactly mm. yeah yeah well yeah yikes um i love how observant gansey still is in this moment as well like yeah. what is this journal of not an act of observing that he's done his entire yeah. life right it was so funny as i was reading the the description of them all sitting around in the living room of the barns like the hickory scented living room and they've got all the sofa cushions on the floor and they're like puppy piled together and i was like oh they're gonna talk about it and it's gonna be like gansey's journal come to life and then the next line was like and gansey was writing all of his dad in his journal and i was like ah there it is <laughs> um but yeah he actually is still using the journal and that is part of his observation that's part of the the ritual and just the like the attending to it also just a big part of connection as well right like it's just Mm -hmm. a real it's important for gansey to make connections and the way he does that is through his journal yeah absolutely but it's also what connects all of them right that they're sharing these stories and that they're you know gansey's like it's a night for truth adam's like you gotta tell them about the forest and rodan is a bit annoyed at it and i love that moment where you see gansey is already projecting how this is gonna go yeah and adam is just really lovely and he's just he observes what rona needs to hear he knows what he needs to hear in that moment he's like they're not gonna judge you any differently and then both blue and gansey um are like "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) what is happening well, I like that Gansey eventually was, like, more confused than anything. And what was it on page 258? Gansey felt like he was being told a secret that he'd already been told before. He couldn't tell if this was because Caveswater itself had possibly already whispered the truth to them on one of their walks there, or if it was merely that the weight of evidence was already so conclusive that his subconscious had just accepted ownership of the secret before the parcel had officially been delivered. So, like, he just didn't have words for it, unlike Adam, who needed to put words to it in order to 
make it real, right? Yeah, and I think it's just one of those things that's just so obvious that you always know it. It's like sometimes when a celebrity comes out and you're just like, yeah, you you know, you're not shocked because you're like, well, obviously, you know, Mm -hmm. like all the signs were there. And I feel like this is one of those moments where you're just like, yeah. It's not a shock. We love you, Kristen Stewart. You're allowed to be by. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I like that. I like that. I like Adam's pep talk a lot. Like I enjoy his, uh, because the word earnest crops up there and you don't often hear that with Adam, right? It says he says it in an Mm. earnest tone. It's not going to change anything, Ronan. It's surprising, but it's not going to change the way they see you. And it's only when he goes, oh, yeah, I also dreamed Matthew that Gansey's like, oh, for heaven's sake. Like, he's like, oh, when is it going to end? Like. He's a bit like, oh, throws the hands up. Can't, just can't deal with it. Um, I also love that Ronan is like, you. it took you a while. Like, you know, he's he, what does he say? He's, he says about you had to sit mm. with it for a bit. And Adam's like, I had a lot going on. Yeah, this was like yesterday, but that's okay. <laughs> so funny. It is funny. So much about their talking together in the barns, in the living room, just being... Like, they're just being a family. It's sort of the, the magic of the barns, and especially that living room where it was Lynch's, but now it's the Gangsy. Like, this is, like, their home base in a way that, like, I don't think we've seen them at Monmouth at all, have we? It's mm, all become the mm. barn. So there's already the shift away from Monmouth, which we'll we'll see why later in the book. But the fact that it, the center of their, their homestead, their heart, is going to be the barns is really lovely. And that's something that they're all observing what that room is meant for, like family togetherness, yeah. low lights comfortable talking connecting a night for truth i just love how happy it makes ronan as well just being there being with people that he cares about there's no you know pretense there's no nonsense none of those things that he finds really frivolous and that make up most of his days yeah here he just gets to be wholly himself with people who really care about him and it's just so nice to have that space and he's happy again right so like he's in this i mean it's a terrible time they're really facing down this unmaking He's mm. under great threat. Adam's under great threat. Like, they're all in peril. But he's laughing, and he's laughing like he's got more laughter there. Oh, such a beautiful line. I just love it so much when it's described as a, a throwaway sound, you know, an easy yeah. one that said it could be spent so easily because there were more where that came from. The wound was healing against all odds. The victim would make it after all. Yes. Oh, So good. And, like, he's also good. the thing that I love that Ronan just thro- has that this vision tree has been weighing on everyone so much yeah and ron is just like oh yeah nightmares (laughs) and it's like adam releases a breath that he's been holding for years oh the nightmare tree (laughs) you know you could have shared that earlier rona i mean honestly the way that gansy and blue were just like buh (laughs) like adam's like oh thank gosh oh my goodness i'm not gonna like he's just letting it all go like did you like because he would, I remembered he wouldn't go into it. I was thinking back, like, what what did he see? And then I'm like, oh, he was like, I'm not going into that. Because he knew what it was and he knew what it was for. Like, yeah. even then. But his life has just been so filled with nightmares, right? Like, yeah. he is so oblivious to them. Or, like, ambivalent, rather, not oblivious. He's very, like, oh, well, nightmares. Yep, everything's Here terrible. we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the people who live in tornado zones and they hear the siren and they're like, eh, it's fine. The sky's not the right color yet for us to be in mortal peril. I just think about that, man. Did I send you that TikTok of the guy who was like <laughs> watching Buffy, the f- finale of Buffy while a tornado warning was going and everyone was huddling in the 
the shelter and he's like no i'm watching buffy it was the, the this guy was talking to his dad and it's the dad talking and it's like an hours later i'm like where's the rest of the family and a tree had fallen on the the door and so the family were all trapped and he's like so if it wasn't for buffy you'd all be dead oh my gosh. i mean buffy saves lives i guess amazing <laughs> amazing I love the little casual touches between Blue and Gansey now that it's allowed, yeah. right? He's like, is it allowed? It is allowed. It's just nice. It is nice. It's... He tucks her into her, his coat. Oh, it's so good. That bit just gets me because like, I love it when I'm cold and like I can snuggle up to somebody who's warm. I'm not going to say it's like the whole reason I had kids, but it's a big factor in like why my kids probably still cuddle me as much as I do because I'm always like, come here, you're warm. Mommy <laughs> wants your warm. I'm a warmth vampire. I'm always trying to cuddle my kids and i love that blue is just like yes i get to cuddle gansy and he just he gives her all of the cuddles it's just perfect i just want to raise a, a bit of connection that i saw and that's between how ronan deals with both declan and adam so when he's on the the roof with declan and he's mm. put the shower of glowing orbs around him and he's seeing that longing on his face he's like thinking about it and then he asks the question it says like declan ronan yeah. asked and then when he's on the porch later and everyone is left and it's really quiet and they're watching him and Adam are watching the stag come out of the forest and stuff. And he's just sitting in his fields and like, I can't, I've already asked the question. I can't also give the answer. But then he says, Adam, Ronan asked, like when he couldn't stand it anymore. And I love this moment where he's just like, he's waiting for people to have a reaction and he just can't take it anymore. And he just says their names. And it's just lovely. I love that. I love that synergy. It is good. And it's good because it's Ronan who is not the person who talks first. And he's had to talk first in both of these really important relationships in his life. That is so key. It's so key. But he gets hmm. good responses both times, right? Like, like Declan is there and receptive and responsive. And they come to a bit of an understanding. And like, and then as you were saying in the when this, they're watching the stag and he says Adam Adam then kisses him and it's a whole thing and you have to talk about that because I have left that whole section for you to talk <laughs> about because I thought you would like to have that one I mean I just think it's so beautiful I love the line that you know the one that always sticks with me and has stuck with me ever since I read this book and I've only read it one time but it's the bit that says you know they were both starving animals but Adam have been starving for longer mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. this idea that he, now that he has accepted because you have the whole preamble when he's talking to Gansey which isn't about Blue at all and he's he's trying to pass it out and yeah. he's so ready to, to admit it like Gansey thinks he's going to have to drag it out of him and he doesn't have time to wait but all he has to do is ask and he's like yeah Ronan kissed me, and I also mm. kissed Ronan. And Gansy is just like, uh, can you not break him, please? Yeah, yeah. And Adam, who is such an observant creature, and he's, we know he's been thinking about this basically the whole book. Yeah. He's like, I'm not an idiot. I'm not gonna, I don't want to mess this up. That's why I'm talking to you, basically, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I'm trying to understand, because I don't want to make a mistake here. And then, yeah, that he just, like, trusts his instinct, which is so hard for him to do. Yeah. It's just wonderful. And I love the way that Gansey frames it. It's like it's 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 just a, about being as honest as you possibly can. Like just be honest with yourself. And that is so great because it will serve as a good reminder for Adam who really struggles cuz he gets into the abstract I think so easily. Like he pulls away from the here and now and dives into like the logic, the science behind stuff. Like he always wants to like figure out how a thing works, but he's not in it. He's not doing the thing he needs to be doing. 
or like I guess living the life he needs to be living right yeah so being honest with himself is also partly I think being present like not just holding back and observing but like being in it but also just letting himself want something for no other purpose like even this whole in the section it says you know they told themselves they were going to dream but they didn't I think that is such a big thing for Adam he always has tasks he always has work he always has things that he prioritizes but he's just letting himself be yeah the to-do list that never ends yeah oh adam he gets all of these things light like all so much light he gets lighter from the nightmare tree he gets lighter because he gets to tell gansey that he gets ronan and ronan kissed him he gets to be with ronan just so Mm. light for him and i love it i'm here for the lightness i think i will talk about how i i view henry i think henry is very much a creature of observation and and I like that we get this repeated discussion about how he's not good with words and it's not because he's not a fluent speaker it's just that he's like more thought based um, and it reminds me of aphantasia which is this thing my husband has where he doesn't see pictures in his head and I think Henry is kind of like that like he thinks but it doesn't translate into like a block of text or an image it's just like the thought is there he knows what he's thinking he knows what's happening like he's his own translator but he can't get it out as easily does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think in that case, Henry, like, because he has these thoughts and he's always trying to make sense of the world around him, and he's also trying to articulate it even though he can't. He's very observant. Yeah, and I kind of love that he also has that thing about he wants something more. He wants... Yeah. It's not that he doesn't like his Vancouver friends, but he's just, he's craving something else. He needs something else, and he doesn't know what it is. And it's just such a strong link to what Blue was saying in the previous section that we read, where she was talking about she wanted her thousand-year-old friends you know yeah he's that's something more and then when we have blue section for in the supermarket she sees that in him she could say you know she sees henry smile and there was something more in it and it's just yes. so beautiful i love their friendship and i love it because they were the same they were in the same position but both of them were at these different schools and i feel like if they had met somehow randomly in like freshman year it would have been so different for both of them because they would have had each other to like talk to and lean on hmm. and i'm just like Where's my AU? Come on, fanfic. Come on, save me. I'm not going to write it, but, you know, it's an idea. Make Henry also, and Blue friends from freshman year, please. I also love that Blue kind of has observed throughout her life the effect of her Henrietta accent on foreigners to the town, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. observe the way that she blends into, from working at Nino's, the way she just blends because she's had to deal with these obnoxious raven boys. And like, so she knows how to kind of be invisible, but also use it as a superpower as she does in this scene. Cause yeah. she just leans into it so hard mm-hmm. that they don't question her. Yeah. I mean, if someone came into a grocery store holding a bunch of price tags and told me to move my car, I definitely would. Mm. I wouldn't think, where are your credentials? <laughs> Who are you? Yeah, I love that she's able to, like, hoodwink people by using their poor observation skills, right? Like, she's so magical. She's an amplifier. She's standing right in front of these people, and they don't even see her. Yeah. Nah. So good. So good. I think I had one more thing. I think I want to talk about how Robo B observes the world and how Robo B oh, observes yeah. the world through Henry. That's something that I really think about a lot because, like, the, the app, the Cheng phone, the app, Robo B, it, like, texts to Henry, but as if it's Henry talking. 
Yeah. So it's like Henry's own conversational style. And it's basically translating Henry just as badly <laughs> as Henry translates himself. And I don't mean in an ESL way. I mean, like, Henry himself says he can't get the thoughts to words in whatever language. And, mm. like, Robobee does it the exact same way, which is really interesting to me. Like, they observe differently, but they have the same outward communication, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, it's just an interesting piece of tech, right? Like, I know it's dream technology, but still, like, the, the way it had to be perceived, conceived, like, what was Niall thinking when he was dreaming this up? Like, what is the intricacies of it? Is it, like, plugged into your neural network, and so, therefore, it will always speak the way that you speak? Like, what can you transfer it? How does that work, you know? Yeah. How do you take care of a robo-bee? How does it know that it's a robo-bee? Does it love you Did back? the phone come with the bee is the do you put the bee on the phone and then it downloads an app i just i have questions <laughs> about the schematics i just beefed up my laptop security and got a thing that's like a third party tag right like it's an extra security tag to log in and you can put your phone on the back of it and it's like beep your phone is now connected you can unlock this with your phone and i'm like this is witchcraft this is 100 percent. like i would be killed if i could show this to somebody in the 1600s like no question dead yeah i say this at work all the time i'm like so much of science is just what would have been called magic i'm like mm -hmm. that's why you know you might as well believe in magic because one day someone will make something that fits it honestly how is science not just magic yeah yeah well, i think that's all i had i oh i yes and i share your obsession with mr gray he is amazing that was the other thing yeah we love him i love him so much He's great. Um, did you have any tangential marginalia? Anything that jumped out at you? Yes, I've spoken about a couple of them, but there were bits that just really cracked me up. Like, the whole thing where Blue's sister Ronan, we used to think you could have been dreaming up a cure for cancer, and he's like, <laughs> well, I was going to dream you up some eye cream because modern science isn't doing much for you. And she's like, oh, thanks, man. Like, appropriately touch. And he says, no problem, bro. And it's so funny. Lads, lads, lads. They are um, lads, yeah. But then also further on in that same section when Broden is like, but I did dream Matthew. For God's sake, Kenzie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's I so just great. love it so much. It's so great. Um, Yeah. I've already spoken about Henry's uh, thoughts things. Um, But I love that the just to the, the one line that I underlined which relates to what we were just talking about, about Robo B mm. was that it's called, it was a weird and specific magic. And I just yeah. love this because it's like such a good summation of Lynch magic. Like it's a weird yeah. and specific magic, yes. both Dick, like both Niall and both Ronan. Like even when Ronan dreams up his fireflies and Declan's like, there's no bug here. He's just like obsessed with dreaming light. And it's so lovely. Yeah. I love orb master as well. All caps orb master. <laughs> and I love that he gives Declan this like chunky weird present that if he strikes it or taps it he just gets these beautiful lights it's one of those things that's like so beautiful only Ronan could have made it but also mm. he is a little a-hole isn't he <laughs> like, like he's he's just that guy but it's okay like it is like the jerk with a heart of gold right that's just yeah, yeah. oh also mm. I kind of love that on page oh wait is it I made a note of it. Oh, yeah. On page 260. So they're all talking together. They're sitting there. Mm. And then um, Blue says, we can't do anything until we've spoken to mum. Yeah. I don't think we should do anything until, yeah, substantial until we talk to mum. 
And I love that she just says mum like she's everyone's mum. Yeah. Like yeah. not my mum, just mum. Yeah, like the group mum. Because, yeah, she, and this is one thing I really love is that Blue is like, yeah, I've got this parent who will help us. We should definitely go to the parent. And like, thank you. Thank you so much. There's a YA book that actually has a parent where the kids like go and talk to the parent. Yeah, finally. Because look, we get it. You're an orphan. You're very special. You've got magic powers. You're the chosen one. Blah, blah, blah. Like, sometimes you just have parents and you want to talk to them. Please. Stop living in your orphan life like real teens out there. Talk to we the also people just... that you care about. <laughs> yeah, care totally. About like, you need an adult. Find an adult. Oh, yes. And it, look, it doesn't have to be your parents if your parents suck. I mean, sometimes parents suck. I get it. But, like, it's good to have adults who you can trust, who can help you. I love that that is... That's definitely one of my tangentials as well. Like, yes, take the adult. And, like, as well with Mr. Gray, right? Um, he, when they're in the grocery store, it, it says he and Blue exchanged a side hug. And then he turned her by the shoulders to examine mm. the stitches above her eyebrow. Those are neatly done. Like, he's checking her out, making sure she's safe. And then her yeah. stitches look good. Lovely. It is so sweet. The only other thing is, I just wanted to give, we have to give a shout out to Gansey's description about love. First, that he's like annoyed at Adam when he's like, you're mm -hmm. asking me to define an abstract concept that no one has managed to explain since time began, which cracks yeah. me up. But then he just does a beautiful job. You know, why do we breathe? Because we love air or because we don't want to suffocate? How do I know I love her? Because I can sleep after I talk to her. And then also when he says, I do my best later, you know, when Adam thinks, says, I think that's what I needed to hear. And he says, I do my best. And Adam says, I know. I just love that because it's really how far they've come. Because I think yeah. book one, Adam didn't think that Adam, like that Gansey was trying his best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that comes up as well when Gansey's thinking about Ronan and Adam, right? He's thinking of all the times that Adam hurt him without meaning to, hurt him unintentionally, mm -hmm. hurt him with the best of intentions, but he still hurt him. And he's like, and I am not as fragile as Ronan. So he's very protective of Ronan in a very specific way. Um, that comes from this observation of, like, both Adam's ability to occasionally be callous and Ronan's overall fragility. Mm. Yeah, it's just really lovely. It's like, he's giving that you are known to those people, which he mm. doesn't feel very often. So, like, he really only feels it when he's talking to Blue before he's going to bed or, like, in that priest hole with Henry. Like, those were the I am known, I am known, I am known. Uh, what was your tangent, Joel? The most of that, I popped in a few. And then I have one last one, which I think is pretty great, which is where Orphan Girl is eating styrofoam in the hallway. Like, leave it. Leave it. That's what we <laughs> tell the dog. Leave it. Just, just stop eating styrofoam. It cannot be good for you. Maybe it's not bad. I just feel like it can't be good for you. She's magical. She probably doesn't have a digestive system. It's fine. Is she a goat? Can goat? Because goats eat everything, right? Yeah, I googled this the other day and cats shouldn't eat styrofoam. Okay, <laughs> that's good to know. Because I got a, a package with lots of styrofoam packing like pellets in oh, it. Yeah. And I'm like, it'd be so funny if the cats dove in here. I think it would just like make my life. My housemate was like, no, don't do it. So I had to Google <laughs> it and I'm like, can we just try? Look, as long as they don't eat it, it'll be fine. She was like, they'll absolutely eat it. So I didn't get to live my styrofoam dreams. Is it real styrofoam or is it the biodegradable ones? Because they have the ones that like if you put them in water, they dissolve because they're like a corn or something I don't. there wasn't instructions on the package so i just googled packing pellet <laughs> well you can run it underwater to see if it's the biodegradable kind which i think is pretty cool it's very fun to shrink them but yeah i think that was all i had for my tangential cool well did you have an in-depth then i do i do um so the in-depth that i picked is right at the top of 
the section, and it's where Ronan and Declan are on the roof of one of the barns. Mm-hmm. And it's right after Ronan gives Declan this Orb Master so that he can take it back with him to DC, the Orb Master DC. So on page 246, for a moment, he saw how his brother was caught inside them, watching them soar furiously around his face, each gold sun firing golden white. And when he saw the spacious longing in Declan's face, he realized how much Declan had missed by growing up, neither dreamer nor dreamt. This had never been his home. The Lynches had never tried to make it Declan's home. Mm, poor Declan. I, I know. Um, so Ronan is observing Declan as Declan is observing this magical dreamed up thing. The Orb Master. And with this observation comes the understanding that Declan has always missed out on like the fundamental connectedness that the other Lynches have had. So he's the only non-dreamer and non-dreamt one. And it gives Ronan a, a real insight, this chance, to understand Declan a little better. It gives him a way to look for another way for him to connect, right? Like, he can actually mm-hmm. find a different way of getting at the problem of their estrangement when he's ready for that. Um, and I think it also really underscores how far Ronan has come, that he's willing to take a moment and really observe his brother. Like, he's used mm. to seeing his brother in a certain way and just accepting that for true. And we talk about how Ronan doesn't lie, but he sometimes lies by omission. And I think sometimes he just refuses to see things that are different to how he believes Mm -hmm. um so it still feels true to him but it's not true in like the wider sense and that's something that has happened a lot with Declan um I just it's nice to see that he's moved on so much and that he's grown so much because Ronan of three books ago would not have been able to do this right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so I want to talk about the etymology of observation um because I always think of it as a word that has two meanings so the first word is like observe which is like the performance of a ritual religious rite so it's like um like i could go to seder if i was invited but i'm not jewish so i wouldn't be observing it i would just be like participating but i wouldn't be observing it but then like i do observe things like like christmas i don't observe thanksgiving because i no longer live in the u.s like it's kind of about like things that mm-hmm. are like a community or like a sacred thing but then the other one the other and that's from the 1200s the other meaning the one that we use most of the time now is like paying attention or watching which is from the 1550s so we have this word that started out as part of like sacred rituals and we still use it that way um as i described but we it, it got the shift like 300 odd years later from keeping a sacred ritual to paying attention. And I think there's something really interesting in that. And it made me think about what in my life is like a mix of both. So it's November. And on November the 22nd, every year, I take a picture of myself holding my oldest child. No. She's probably going to be too big for me to hold someday. But it's a sacred thing between us, just between us. And I've turned it into a ritual that we do every year. Um, But... Aside from observing that ritual, I also get to, like, look back on the photos and, like, physically observe them. I can look back and say, this is when you were three and four and five and six, and now you're 12, and this is how much I have seen you grow. And we have this record of this ritual that we have observed to observe. Um, So I want to make sure that I take note of these observations in my life, the things I do as part of a larger ritual, like our November pictures, um, and also the things that just, as they happen happen i just want to make sure that i'm paying attention and i want to offer that advice to everybody to pay attention to the things that we do because big or small i really think that they matter yeah that's so important oh and it's such a lovely ritual as well she's so tall now i don't i don't she's i think two years she'll be taller than me yeah what are you are you still gonna hold her this year do you yeah. think that'll still be go yeah yeah 
I was trying to brush her hair the other day and I was realizing I was brushing right in front of my own face and not brushing down at like my chest level, which is what I had been doing for years, you know? Yeah. Like she Aww. grew up that much in a year that like my hand has to go in a different place to brush her hair because she still won't brush That's, it unless I yeah. do it. <laughs> but she's still a kid. Wow. She's yeah, tall she's still kid. little. Yeah. Yeah. Still a baby. Just a baby. Always in my heart, a baby. Uh, <laughs> do you have an in-depth? I do have an in-depth. So mine is actually from Neve's chapter, oh. believe it or not. So we've got old Neve wandering Cave's water with the demon and Piper. And she's observing the damage that is being done to yeah. this place. And she's seeing what is actually being wrought. And as you said before, it's a real moment of reckoning for her. It's a real come to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. And she's really struggling with this. So the exit is on page 250. And it said it was... it. it so she's particularly seeing the damage to the trees. And then on page 250, she says, It was against everything Neve stood for. She made herself watch it, though. She owed it to this old holy forest to watch it die. She wondered if she had been brought to this forest to save it. Everything was a nightmare. So I think it relates to the themes of connection because Neve is starting to feel really connected to the... the con- this is the consequences of her actions. She's making that connection to herself, that yeah. her... The choices that she's made in life has contributed to this damage. Yeah. And I think it's also an observation because she's seeing that firsthand. She's being present in the moment. She's observing it. But she's also making this observation about her choices and about Piper's choices and even about the demon's choices. Like she's seeing a bit deeper to it. It's a bit depressing, so I apologize for this. But it just really, really, when I read that bit, it really reminded me of bearing witness. And it's something that my friend Meredith and I talked about a lot, is this idea that sometimes in life you observe tragedies and your friends and your loved ones go through terrible situations and you can do nothing for them. And the only thing you can do is bear witness to what is happening. You can Mm -hmm. bear witness to injustice because ultimately... You might not have many power. You might not have any power, and so all you can do is watch. And I think you can't underscore how important that is. And I was reading something before about this on um, a Psychology Today article, where it says, you know, we are neighbors and part of a larger community. We all experience joy, fear, and sadness. We all have wants, needs, and hopes for the future. But life can bring tragedy and pain, and it's important that we stand and hold space for one another. Yeah. This is particularly poignant to me because I had a conversation with a friend earlier today who was having a real struggle about her privilege in life because she feels like she's away on holiday at the moment and she feels like it's really uncouth that she's having a good time while these horrible things are happening in Israel and Palestine. Yeah. The war in Gaza is horrific and everything that is happening there is horrific. You know, when you hear about children dying it's never it's never a justifiable solution to any kind of issue and it's just horrible to see it happen and to watch as powers do nothing to stop it and she was saying i can post about it on my social media echo chamber but what what does that achieve i'm talking to people who already agree with me yeah i don't understand she actually put it really beautifully and i don't think she'll mind me reading this because it was just really really poignant when she said that you know, I'm not an elected representative. I'm just one person like most of us. I'm exhausted from the world we're living in and the tragedies upon tragedies, trying to eke out some semblance of mental health in a normal life while also fighting for others' rights to have the same. I don't want to be a bystander. I don't want to put my own comfort above the lives of others. 
I'm so tired of feeling too small to make a difference in a system that wants us to prioritize the individual over the collective. But what are we supposed to do? Yeah. And what we're supposed to do, and it seems terrible, is like, but all we can do is bear witness sometimes. Like, don't turn away from the horrors. Don't pretend that it's not happening. That is power in and of itself. Like, holding people to account by being there and watching it. As pleasant as it is, bearing witness has its role to play. So, Neve is bearing witness to this forest undergoing this horrible change. And then she tries to do something and... If the opportunity arises, do something, you know, and it might come at personal cost to you. But if it's something you really believe in, sometimes that's what it takes. And I know things are really rough out there and all we can do is do the best we can. Absolutely. Beautifully said. This this reminds me of an article I read recently. Um, It was a guest essay in the New York Times. We'll see if I can find a link for everybody. But it's called, I don't have to post about my outrage neither do you and it's by elizabeth spears and i read it because it it came out just after the news of like the impending land invasion which i think has been um postponed um and, and it was basically talking about how like how we don't all have to like say something we don't all have to chime in we don't all have to say something and i think that actually dovetails nicely with your concept of bearing witness like that is a call to action in in and of itself and just being aware of it and being part of the group of people who are collectively grieving like sometimes you cannot do anything sometimes you literally cannot fix a problem but being there and saying i see this i'm feeling this we are all part of this and it is awful like that is that is powerful too i mean it's not powerful in a like stop bombs kind of way but it means that it won't be forgotten it won't be swept aside it won't be brushed under any rugs um and yeah. we don't need to have a little soundbite about it in the social media yeah. sense, you know just because you're not posting about it doesn't mean that you don't care about it either you know i think there's a lot of pressure especially you see a lot of people being attacked like influencers being attacked because they're not talking about it and it's like you come to this person to buy shirts from or teeth whitening serum from like why do you expect this person to have some sort of earth-shattering insight on geopolitical issues exactly that have been ongoing for generations like this and is also, not the person i want to have an opinion they're not experts stop yeah. asking them to weigh in on something about which they can only be very recently acquainted like they're not in yeah. depth on it i mean i could spend a decade trying to learn about this and still not ever get to the bottom of the nuances of this awfulness but it is awful yeah. and we can all agree on that yeah so yeah Aww. bearing witness yeah what's that john green quote that i trot out all the time don't just do something stand there yeah no it's great i was thinking of that actually as well yeah well did you have someone you wanted to spotlight yeah i'm gonna spotlight neve perfect perfect i i really do think that she's kind of a horrible character but i do love that she has this reckoning and she goes hey maybe it's my fault that i ended up in this spot and like maybe i can do something good maybe i can make something good come of it and I, it's a very Anakin Skywalker last minute conversion, but like, I'm here for it. I'll take it. Like, go into the light or the force, be a force ghost, Neve. Well done. Yeah. How about you? Who do you want to spotlight this time? I actually really want to spotlight Adam, which I know seems a bit weird, but Yay. I think what he actually does here is really important. Like, he is really interrogating his feelings, he's having a conversation yeah. with Ganzi. And then he's acting on it like he's making good choices. Whereas, you know, he could, he could have just run away. He could have just left. Yeah. Could have just not engaged. But he's choosing to do the difficult thing. 
and really sitting with how he feels and letting himself feel things, which, as we know, is difficult for Adam. So, yes, yeah, 100%. wanted to recognize that he, he's quite brave here. Mm, I love Adam. And I think he is brave. And I love that he goes to Gansy about it because Gansy's his best friend. Yeah. Do you have any homework for our readers? I do not. I've been too busy this week. I don't. I don't I haven't even watched anything. So no, no sadly I don't. <laughs> what about so you? Busy. Um because it was such a hard week, I really needed a big thick book to take my mind off things and the biggest book on my bookshelf in my to be read bookshelf was um Wolf Song by TJ Klune. Mm. And about 5 pages in I was completely into it. Um I'm not a werewolf person, but I am a magic person and I am a found family person and I am a love mm. makes a stronger person and I also <laughs> really love reading about like people who just love each other so much. It's it's a it's a werewolf book it's 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 gay it's not young adult it's pretty spicy uh but it made me cry i've been dreaming about it and it is like surprisingly low on toxic masculinity for a book that uses the word alpha as much as it does okay (laughs) like i'm just gonna say this is not your average uh abo um, and it's set in Oregon and it feels like Oregon. It feels like the Oregon I grew up in. And Aww. books hardly ever feel right for me. And it just made me feel like, hey, this is the kind of vibe I want. And um, I know that you've done the Steepwater course where you have to t- like you have to say what books like your comp books. And I think if mm-hmm. I think this would be a comp book for me. I think I would want books. Awesome. Because it has that yearning and the connection and like the heartbeats. Oh, anyway, I've read two and there are two more. I'm saving them for next weekend. <laughs> nice. Yeah, highly recommend. I love that. Maybe I'll download it on my Kindle because I need to find books to take with me on my adventure. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I think you would enjoy it. It's beautifully written, but it is a bit like... It does feel a bit thicky, not in a bad way. I read something really interesting the other day that said the reason that we fanfic books read differently is because they don't... Did I send you this? Mm, I think we talked about it. It was like, yeah, it skips development because when you write fanfic it's like the assumption is that people already know the world know the character so you can skip those things and you just go from major plot point to major plot point and that's why a lot of books that get adapted from fanfics of which there are now many Mm -hmm. um you can always sort of tell like if you're someone who reads fanfic a lot you can always be like "Mm, this feels like a fanfic yeah, I, I think that's what I liked about it is that you get like the fir- the first 10 years of his life are like, beep, and then like the three years is like, bonk, <laughs> and then there's like another year, right? So it, it you do get like, oh, from 12 to 16, he's going through all this, and this is what happens, and it's like 20 pages, and then you get like 16 to 20, and that's a whole different set of, like, at least, mm. yeah, you get the pricey, but it like feels like it's going slow, and then it speeds up, and then you're in it, and it's like slowed right down, and it's just... The pacing is really interesting. I'd love to hear what you think about it, but yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Ooh. Well, next time when you're back from your holiday, we're going to be reading chapters 41 through 47 through the theme of shame. Mm. Oh, dear. I know. It was a little bit of sad, but that's okay. We're going to get through it. We're going to come out yeah. the other side. It'll be yeah. beautiful. Can't wait. I know. I can't wait. And have a good time. Enjoy Thank yourself. Thank you. I'll see you in two weeks. All right. See you soon. <laughs> see ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Marginalia Pod is written, edited, and produced by us, Gen D and Gen V. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to hello at marginaliapod.com, check out our Instagram, or maybe dash off a quick review. You can also subscribe so you never miss an episode. Our music is by Scott Buckley, and the logo artwork is by Laura Cato. You can find detailed show notes for each episode and much more at our website, www.marginaliapod.com. 
Special thanks to all the people in our various communities whose love and care sustains us. Without your support, we would be very sad little critters. We appreciate you. And to you, our wonderful listeners, thanks again for being here. We love spending this time with you. 